Welcome to the Young Baptist Podcast, a podcast committed to the centrality of the gospel and to encouraging believers to be captivated all over again by the beauty and glory of Christ. My name is Josh Johnson, and I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only, the right Reverend Clay Maynard. What's up, Clay? <laughs> How's it going, Josh? I'm doing great, brother. Dude, are are we back? I mean, what's happening here? Oh man, that that is the question of the hour, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> I don't think this will be an hour though. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Are we back? I, you know, Josh, we we uh we haven't even talked about that. That's the funny part. We're not. I mean, this is. No, we're just having is, fun at this point. We're just having fun. We're we finally got the itch, and we're like, we need to talk to our people and let them know how things are going. And that's where we'll leave it for now. <laughs> Till next time. Yeah. Never say never. Until next time. How you know it's August. That's been what eight months. Eight months. Yeah. I mean, almost eight months. Well, we let off or in the middle of Dece- December, isn't that right? Let me see here. I'll just I I'll just we, tell you. Eleven twenty-eight was our last episode. Okay, so it's been eight solid eight months. Man, that's. Yeah. So that's a long break, nine. Josh. So, <laughs> yeah, craziness. So, but Clay, in that in that space of time, has anything happened or changed in your life? A few things, actually. A few things, <laughs> and a few things has changed in your life. Yes, one or two, a few. Yeah, man. So uh, let's jump into it. What has been happening um, since we were last podcasting? Uh, I I announced on our last episode, I believe it was our last episode that I announced that I would be moving. Yep, uh, to Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, that has that has occurred. <laughs> that is in the past um, now, man. I, it was it was a wild uh, ride. We we um, made the decision. We moved all of our stuff up here in December. And we went back down to Florida for Christmas with family and then uh, came in and jumped in both feet first on uh, January the 1st was a Sunday. And that was my first Sunday preaching here um, at Hope Church in Greensboro. You didn't cancel church because it was on New Year's Day? No, we didn't. Wow. Look at you breaking all the trends from this year. (laughs) So we moved up here in got started in January, but we did not get a, a house that was ours until March, middle of March. Um, we were living in an apartment uh, that was being graciously provided to us by uh, one of the other Hope churches. It was about 45 minutes away from here. And so I was commuting in almost every day to work. And then we thought we had an apartment to move in in January. And when we moved, I don't know if Josh, if you've even heard this whole story, but it, I mean, I'll make it as brief as possible here. We, we find this apartment to move in. We come down to Greensboro that day to move into it, move all of our, put all of our stuff in a U-Haul, move it all over to the apartment, get it all put in the apartment, return the U-Haul. And then the next day we go home that night and the next day we come in to start unpacking and putting our stuff in the apartment and find out it is just completely infested with a disease carrying bug. Mm. And, uh, you know, we have four children, including an infant and we were like, this is not working for us. No. Mm-mm. So we, the, the day after we moved everything in, I went and rented a U-Haul and we moved it all back out the very next day. Ugh. Took it right back to the same storage unit that I had. 
and put it all right back in that storage unit. So I don't know if you've never moved all everything you own four times in two days into a U-Haul, out of a U-Haul, into a U-Haul, out of a U-Haul. You, your legs feel that, I'll tell you that. Oh, I bet. Um, so anyways, if you'd asked me <laughs> that night how I felt about change and how I felt, how I felt, how I felt about adventures, <laughs> um, I would have not have, I would have had um, Bilbo Pretty bag negative emotions. on it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need any adventures. No adventures today. Yeah. Um, so anyways, the uh there were some rough days in there, man. And and just the just the challenge of moving across the country. And I don't have to tell you, you've done this before. And you and your wife uh moved to a new area where you didn't know anyone and uh started over. And that alone is is difficult. Yep. And so the last eight months, we finally bought a house. We bought a house in March, and I believe honestly that God shut down, shut the door on the apartment because the house we're living in today is is nicer and a much better situation for us all around than the apartment would have been. Um, but it yeah, didn't, I think I've know. seen pictures of it too. Didn't you say it's like a a six bedroom, six bath, 150 <laughs> acres behind like a big old uh, big old chain link, big old uh, gated fence and everything? Yeah, with the with the with the barn with the horses and stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought. Don't you have your own private like par three golf course on your property or something? Yeah, a little putting green. Yeah, uh, that's what I right outside. Well, you know, when you when you get into church planting, um that's, especially that's... in the Southern Baptist Convention, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh when you get into church planting, you do it for the money. Everybody knows that. Um so isn't that why you do all ministries just for the money? Yeah, it's really a lucrative business when you think about it. And and the job security is the most is just the most important thing that you just mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh man. No, the truth is the truth is Josh, I, I guess I'm not a real Baptist since I'm a Southern Baptist anymore. Isn't that how it goes? Isn't that the I mean, that's how I always heard it growing up. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, send me back your Baptist card. But uh anyhow, that's it that's been a ride. Um just the move, the challenges of moving and, you know, just the, even the relational, social, mental, physical, just the, the, the toll that takes on you over a period of time, uh, trying to make that happen. Moving across the country is not easy. Um, and I say that missionaries all the time move across the world and it yeah. is a, it is an expensive process. It is a challenging process. It'll, it'll, it'll push you to, to your limits. What day was um, it that you moved all your stuff up there? Was that on the 3rd of December or was it the 10th? I think it was like the ninth or 10th. I think it was the 10th. Okay. I was going to say, to put that in perspective, we published our last episode on Monday, the 28th. And it wasn't even two weeks later, you guys moved all your stuff. Like that's how quickly things were, were moving to just give our audience kind of an idea of that turnaround time. Yeah. And, and replanting the, what we got here is a, is a replant situation. It was a church that had kind of uh, begun to, it had a building and land, beautiful five acre piece of land with a nice building on it. But the church was, was dying and wasn't going anywhere. And they, they asked hope church to come replant as hope church, help replant them as hope church. And, um, you know, for good, for better and for worse, man, I mean, there's been ups and downs as any new pastor will tell you, there's, mm-hmm. there's difficulty involved. I, I know that, um, the challenges to that alone, like forget the family side, even overhauling your occupation. It's like all of a sudden you're, you're thrown into the deep end. And it's like, hey, pastor this, pastor this group of people who already had this church and kind of have their own ideas about this church. And we're going to start building a core team of people who have a completely different understanding of what Hope Church is and a vision. So you're almost pastoring two churches and trying to bring them together on on one in one vision. And 
And of course, there will always be people in a situation like that where they, they, they think they're ready for change. They think they know change is needed until the changes start happening. Yeah. And then, then you're ruining their building and you're, you're messing up everything from the way they've always done things. Even if you're reaching the community better, they just can't, they can't get over it. And so there's been a group of people who, who are not here anymore because they, they couldn't get in with the vision of, of, of what we were doing to reach Greensboro for the gospel. Um, The cultural side of it, the things they were used to was too much to overcome. Hmm. And so that has been a massive challenge and that takes a toll on, on anybody who's in ministry. If you've ever been in ministry at any level and you've been the subject of those criticisms and uh, you know, the, the horribly mean things people will say when they're upset about church decisions. Um, that's, that takes its toll. Having said that, Josh, we've added um, over 20 new covenant partners, core members cool. to our team. Yeah. Um, I think that. our, I mean, we've got, there are several more people telling me they want to join. We have to do our new member class with them. But when that happens, there's, I think the number will be like 26 or 27. Wow. Yeah. Um, so God has brought people here, new people. We have guests right every single, every, you know, it feels like every few weeks at the, at the least we have new guests coming in. So, uh, there's been so much, so many amazing things happen. We're right in the middle of renovating this building. Um, and so we're in the middle of a huge renovation project. Um, and so it's just, you know, ministry leadership's different. You know, I was, I was telling Lydia this, I was a, I was a pastor's kid growing up. Uh, and so I saw it from that vantage point and that angle. And then as an adult, I was involved in a church plant situation that didn't actually end up, it didn't survive. And we ended up just coming in and being a part of fellowship, um, after a few years of that. Uh, but then I became obviously on staff there at fellowship, um, as the worship pastor before I moved to do this, I told Lydia, I said, I always feel like I was in various places on the bank. So like, you know, like I was, I, when I was a kid, I was fully on the bank. And then at different points I had like my, I was in up to my knees or I had my feet in the water at different, you know, had these different various, various levels of, of involvement. And then I came here and now I'm being baptized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're trying to learn how to swim. (laughs) And, and somebody, when I told one of our SBC guys that recently, he was like, yeah, being baptized and held under a little bit too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) See how long you can hold your breath. (laughs) Yep. But it's, uh, it's, it's been challenging. It's been exciting. It's, you know, the, in ministry, the highs are higher than anything I experience in banking. Like the things that I'm excited about, I'm more excited about than I ever experienced in the, in the secular workforce because my heart's in ministry. Right. Then having said that the lows are lower Mm -hmm. and that's just, uh, that's just the reality of being in ministry. Yep. What about you, Josh? Let's talk about you, man. What's been going on in your life? How about we do this chronologically? Uh, yeah. So we ended the podcast and then life is pretty normal. I got to go preach for one of our faithful listeners. Shout out to Brian Williams. If you listen to this, my man, he's a, he's a, I guess he's like the principal, the superintendent. I'm not sure. I can't remember his exact title, but of a school in Middletown, Ohio. And he had me come do um, their, their school chapels for three days in april so that was really cool i really enjoyed doing that and then in june on the 20th my, uh i think we told everybody that my wife and i were expecting on that last episode well our little baby girl was born we named her Leighton sage 
she this is kind of funny. She was born 39 minutes into her due date. So <laughs> the the week before, when Michaela and I were like, do we know anybody born on their due date? And we just racked our brain. We couldn't think of anybody. Felicity was born on her, on her due was date. Was she? So yep. like, it, but it's so incredibly rare, I guess. It's unusual. It's like 5% of kids born are born on their due hey, date. Most people are not punctual, Josh. So, I mean, there you go. I guess that, well, her name is Layton. So she could have <laughs> been late. It would have gone with her name. But uh, yeah, she was born 39 minutes into her due date. Her name, did I already say her name? Her name's Layton Sage. She's mm -hmm. freaking adorable. And man, she's just messed me up so bad. <laughs> did you have go did, ahead, Josh? Did you grow up around girls? No, mm -mm. yeah, me either. And that alone messed me up. Like I didn't have little girls around when I was a kid. I, I don't have any sisters. You don't have any sisters. Um, but all, in addition to that, I didn't really have a lot of girls my age around me either. Like mm -hmm. on a regular basis. I mean, there were there were girls around, but I just didn't interact with them a ton. And um having little girls man that messed me up it rewires uh, as a dad if you're a good dad at all it just rewires you it's incredible i mean i i can't tell you how many times since she's been born that i've just been like holding her or looking at her and i just started crying like it just messed me up so bad um but yeah it's it's pretty amazing being a dad people talk about like Oh, you don't understand what it's like to love somebody until you have a kid. And now I kind of actually understand that because just the moment that you get to hold her, you're like, I would go to hell and back for this kid. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do anything, you know, so it's pretty amazing. Uh, still, you know, I, let's see, she's about a month and a half. So I'm probably about that age in her life where I should write a parenting book, you know, because I've learned it all. <laughs> Isn't that how that works? So uh, th th yeah, that's man. forthcoming. You can look forward for that. Yeah, you can start. You start dropping sound bites on Instagram and, and TikTok about um, parenting and what everybody else. Yeah, what everybody else is getting wrong about parenting. To be fair, though, I I can also appreciate now um, why people get so frustrated when they get unsolicited parenting advice. It hasn't happened a ton, but I've had a few instances where people that like I'm not very close to have decided that I needed some apparently of the best kept secrets of parenting. <laughs> and it's like, meh, don't really care. <laughs> the worst ones, I'm going to be super duper vulnerable here, Josh, for our audience. The worst ones are when they come do it. And you're like, it's always the people, the people that there's been a few times I've gotten parenting advice from somebody. I was like, Hey, anything you got to say, I'm listening. You know, there's been a few moments of that. It feels like most of the advice, though, comes from people where you're like, I don't like you or your kids. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like the the people that give you the, give you parenting advice, you're like, hmm, <laughs> how much of this should I actually take into yeah. consideration? Are you are you advising me from what not to do from your experience or what? <laughs> and unfortunately, you can't ask that question when they give you the advice. That would help out a lot, though. Yeah. Goodness. You, you just you just go, hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay. Very good. That's interesting. I'll think about it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me. <laughs> yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, 
But yeah, other than that, man, I think that's kind of it. I've switched my degree. I haven't told you that. I should have told you that before we got on the air. I've switched my degree from a Master's of Divinity. I'm I'm going to uh, to get a Master's of Applied Theology with an emphasis in preaching. Just with the position we're at in our life right now and how, you know, now we have a kid in the mix and things are busier with all of that. It's just easier you're, to do that. You're better at understanding the, the the nuances of these degrees. So explain to me why. So why that's why that's so better. For me, the Masters of Divinity, I was gonna be a total of eighty one credit hours. <laughs> the Masters of Applied Theology is only forty five. Okay. And so it's significantly uh i was granted advanced standing at midwestern so i only have um 27 hours to complete the degree wow so if things go according to plan and if the lord is willing i can be done potentially by next summer so i'm going to pursue that direction yeah you can always go back for the mdiv later if you want it i can apply all of those credits towards an MDiv later, if I want yeah, to get one. Absolutely. So, I actually cool. just, so I've, you know this, Josh, when I got here, I did, uh, I actually got applied for and got endorsed by the SEND Network. Mm-hmm. The SEND Network is the um, the church planting arm of the Southern Baptist Convention in most states. I don't think that's true of all states, but in North Carolina it is, and in a lot of states it is. Uh, the Send Network works with NC Baptist to endorse uh, candidates and stuff. And so we are an endorsed church plant with the North American Mission Board. And with that comes a church planting cohort, um, which it's been intense, but it's also been really good. You know, I depending on what day you're, you ask me, I love it and hate it at the same time because sure. because it because it's it's something else on the plate of of a new pastor who's got a lot already to do and wearing so many hats and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but at the same time, it is, it's been so needed. Like it, it just, it has rounded me out in the way that I think about ministry and the way that I think about, I've never planted a church in this, in this way. And so it really rounded out the way I think about church planting and, and, uh, put things on my radar. I needed having said that it feels like a little bit like a college class. That's kind of how I would compare it. Like, uh, like it's a really, one of the more really intense college classes I took, Mm -hmm. um, and so, but having said that, I just found out recently there is a local, uh, there's a church in Greensboro that has created a, like a satellite version of, of, uh, Southeastern. Yeah. The Southeastern seminary has sends professors over and there's enough people on staff at this local church that they actually can proctor you getting a master's degree really? here in Greensboro from Southeastern, but I think there's only one degree option. I think it's like, uh, I think it's a master's in, uh, ministry, uh, in Christian ministry or something like that. Yeah. Um, but having said that Southeastern's only like an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's crossed my mind a little bit once or twice be like, Hey, I wonder if I should, wonder if I should do that. You know, it's, it's that, it's that this or that game. I, I would love to do it, but then counting the cost, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as you look at it, yeah. like, man, I want to do it, but do I, <laughs> if, I mean, if I were in your shoes, there's no way I'd be going after my master's right now because there's just, yeah. I can only imagine the pull that is on your life and schedule right now to begin yeah, I, with. I think I'm going to wait till, um, I think I'm going to wait till my newborn is in, is at least two years old. Uh, I say newborn, she just turned one. I think I'm going to wait till she's two 
uh, that'll mean, I know this is so way, way too much information for the average audience, but, uh, that means, you know, I'm doing all this math on how many kids are potty trained and how much yeah. less the work there is on my wife and all I'm calculating all of this stuff out. Um, but I think once my youngest is two and that'll have given me nearly two years here, I'll reevaluate. I just, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I don't think I can do it right now. That's why um, I'm switching then, my degree is because I can potentially be done shortly after her first birthday. And so when things start to get busier, like she starts getting more mobile yep. and all that kind of stuff, I won't have to be in the middle of You can take studies. a break and have hit a good stopping point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can come back later when she goes to school or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Well, any big lessons you've learned so far? I don't know. I think the one thing that that keeps coming to my mind and again... She's only like a month and a half year, a month and a half right now. So she's not that old. Uh, but I just keep thinking and the responsibility that is now ours to model the gospel to her, to, you know, parent responsibly in that way. Man, that's just, a, that's a heavy, that's, that sits heavy on my mind and in my heart. We actually just bought some books from, from Crossway about a, two weeks ago now. They have like this little series for kids that goes through creation and the gospel and all of this stuff. So I bought several of those books and just reading through it, it's like, man, she doesn't understand any of this right now. And I, I understand that, but uh, I can already sort of feel this responsibility, you know, to to be a good representation of the gospel to my kid because that's, how we parent, especially, you know, when it comes to things that are, um, the things of God that will impact how she views God, the gospel and the church in the future, you know? So that's, I don't know if that's a lesson or a challenge or what that is, but man, that just really, that sits a heavy in my mind a lot these days, you know? Yeah. Two, two books that blew my, that have blown my mind as a parent. Um, one was, uh, the Jesus storybook Bible. Do you guys have that? I don't know. We have s- several books, so I'd have to go home and, and, look. um, it's, it's basically, it tells the story of the whole Bible and it's in a storybook form. Um, hmm. but it's the, it's basically like a, a story Bible, but it tells every story with Jesus's like it's, it, it sets up even where Jesus's name isn't explicit as a pastor, you're going to, you're going to read it and you're going to be like, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Like it is telling, it is weaving together the entire story of the Bible for kids. We have something similar. It's called it's by Kevin DeYoung. Um, the big picture Bible, story Bible, the ABC's version of it. Okay. So it kind of goes A through Z telling the story of the Bible, beginning Adam and Eve. Yeah. But it's, I don't think it's probably the same thing that you're talking about. Yeah, it's I think this one's I this one wasn't written by Kevin DeYoung. I don't remember. I I what I would try to remember her name, but I'll get it wrong if I do. So I don't, um, I won't do that. The other one that I read that I actually have already read once and I'm reading it a second time right now is the book Parenting by Paul David Tripp. Mm. Um, that blew my mind. It, I'll just put it this way. It's the best parenting, not just book. It's the best parenting content I've ever, I've ever had. Yeah, that Books, one's on my list. Blogs, sermons, none of it. Like it, that book, um, continues to blow my mind. And it there, it's one of those things where it's those truths that challenge you in such a way that you do need to revisit them, mm. you know, repeatedly. Uh, for me, anyway, that's how I felt about it. It, um, 
you know, understanding how your parenting actually models the gospel itself, both with showing mercy and grace. Um, also realizing you need grace in it as much as your children do. Um, nobody gives grace to kids more than parent. He always says this. Nobody gives grace to children better than parents who know how well they need it themselves. Um, and uh, just him talking through discipline and, and building character and establishing authority, but doing it in a way that mo- that that keeps the gospel at our focus. And so finds every opportunity to make their need for Jesus, their focus too. Like, it's just, it's an incredible book. Hmm. Um, and so I recommend that to anyone. Um, what about yeah, you? Clay? I, what are some things that you've learned, some challenges you faced over the last, you know, eight months or so there in Greensboro? Yeah, well, you know, we've been talking about life change so mm-hmm. far, uh, the the changes that have happened. And one of the things that um, I would say, by the way, I just looked up the author of that book I was telling you about. It was annoying me. It's uh, written by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Okay. Yeah, I pulled it up too. I just didn't know if that's who I was, who I was looking for. That's the one. Um, my kids love it too, by the way. They love that book. Anyways, so we were talking about change. Um, you know, I'm reminded of James 1. He's talking about God building in us patience and steadfastness. And he says, uh, James says, uh, be patient because these trials are going to come. And if you, if you, if it builds patience in you, you'll receive a crown of life. Uh, but then he goes on to talk about the rich man who gets brought low and the, and the brother, the lowly brother who is exalted. <laughs> and he's just saying like, these things are going to happen to all of us. We, we, we like to get into a normal pattern in our life and thinks everything's going to stay the same. It's not going to stay the same. Uh, life changes and it changes us. So the lowly brother is going to be exalted and the rich is going to be brought low and, 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 the question is, is it a building in us steadfastness? Is it building in us patience? And so um, I would say the biggest thing uh, that I learned, because I just went through this phase where I didn't just change a little bit about my life. I mean, the yeah. only thing that didn't, the only thing that didn't change in my life was, was Jesus, my friends and the people that I live with. In some ways, even my friendships changed because even though my friends themselves, I didn't change who my friends are, but I'm adding new friends, a lot of them. Yeah. And and the the relationships with the friends I had changed because mm-hmm. I didn't see people as much. It took more intentionality. And the nature of those relationships changed because I'm not near and maybe I don't go to church with them anymore. And so all those dynamics are changing. So, so much, um, so much of my life changed so fast. And I would say that the those present, I believe, the biggest hardships in our life is how we respond to it because we don't have to grow through it. Um, we can change and it not make us better. That's true. And um, so I just, I have wanted those, the changes that we faced to help me learn the lessons I need to learn. You know, it has put stress. Um, I don't mind being this this honest because I'm usually dishonest and for, for better or for worse, but... <laughs> Uh, it has put stress. It has put stress on our marriage. On our marriage that I was not expecting. I mean, we we look back to those last days in Florida, and we we're like, man, things were so great and simple. And like, you just you make this many changes, and you put this much stress on you, and uh, it changes. And my vocation changed. Everything about my entire week completely changed. My kids don't have their friends from Florida anymore. They have to make new friends at a new school, and and their behavior and their psychology and their emotions have all been things we needed to manage. And, um, 
you know, I would even say this, some of the challenges of ministry that have been new to me because I've never been full-time vocational ministry before. Um, especially in church plants thing. Like I'm, I'm making all the slides for the service. I'm leading the worship. I'm, <laughs> I'm paying bills. I'm like, I'm doing all kinds of stuff that, uh, that happens in church planning just because you do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've struggled at times with balance. I've struggled at times with, because I love the work, you know, I, I love ministry. So it doesn't ever feel like work to me. It's something I love to do. Um, but I've had to really fight for balance. Um, you know, I have good mentors in my life, but some, you know, one of the things they're telling me is no is a holy word. Yeah. And your first congregation lives in the four walls of your house. Mm-hmm. And a man who's not handling that well is not, is not fit to, to rule in, in the house of God. And so, um, realizing, Hey, I, every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. And let's not make that no go to my kids and my wife, you know, let's, I have to prioritize them. They're, they're as lonely in this whole process as, as anyone, I would argue more lonely even than me, because I, I was brought into the hope church group, the fam- this family of churches up here. I was brought into these, this, um, this church planting, uh, arm of, of North American mission board. I was like, I have all, there were these people around me. They didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, g- thankfully God has brought people to our church that have become awesome, like friends of ours. Like they have, I mean, God brought us people that we didn't even know before we got here and they just threw in with us and they were like, let's do this. And it's just been incredible. I can't even imagine where we'd be without those people that God has brought into our life. But uh, it has nonetheless been very difficult and I have not always handled it well. I, you know, I look back over the last eight months, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Take care of your family. They are, they've got to be number one. Jobs will come and go. People will come and go. Um, but you, you know, if you make excuses, I, one of the things I started doing early on is I started making this excuse. You know, I know it's a little out of balance now, but it's because we're in this first stage of church planting. It'll get better. You know, things will get more normal. Things will get easier. It's like, it might get easier in some ways. They might get harder in others. You, if you don't fight for balance now, you'll make that excuse until your kids yeah. grow up and leave. Yeah. And if you're not and careful, so, you just make a trend out of something that will never change. Yes. You, you establish that as a rhythm. This is mm-hmm. how we do things, you know? And so, um, all that to say the biggest lesson I've learned is, is the, the, I think the biggest thing I've learned is I need to take change, the big changes in my life that James talked about, like, Hey, it's a massive change. What does God want me to learn through it? So I come through it at the end of 12 months and I'm looking back and I'm saying, ah, we've adapted. We've learned what we needed to learn. We're doing this healthy. We're doing this. We're, we're taking care of our spiritual needs. We're taking care of our family. Um, we're keeping balance because there's a lot of pastors wanting to quit. There's a lot of uh, ministry people that have quit. Um, if we're going to be in this, if we're going to be, if I'm going to do, if I care about longevity, if I want to be here in 10 years, um, I got to do this the right way. And so that's been a, 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 um, a lesson I have been, it has been force fed to me in the trenches, but, but that's the biggest lesson. Yep. Good. Well, we'll <laughs> have to you... follow up on that and make sure, uh, make sure you're maintaining balance here in the next couple of, a couple of months or something. Yeah. Jo- well, you know, you always have, you're one of my good friends, man. You always have the, uh, the, uh, authority to call me out, ask how I'm doing that kind of thing. Um, I got a few guys up here that do it too. 
like they'll they'll uh, of course they're a little more closer in proximity so they're they have a little bit more of a front row seat if something is yeah. out of whack they'll check mm-hmm. me a little quicker but I've, I've I've learned to really appreciate friends who who don't mind talking to me about these things ministry guys need to open up and be vulnerable about this you actually posted something on Facebook just the other day that was right along these lines like when you're struggling why do men have such a hard time getting help and um, I, there's a lot of reasons for it, possibly, but it's about time we get over it, yeah, and show the strength of, of of the strength and maturity of our emotions and spiritual character to say, I need friends, and I'm gonna let them be direct with me, and let's ask each other tough questions, and let's get help, and let's, you know, I don't know, let's hold ourselves accountable to to spiritual and 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 relational health, you know, absolutely. And say, so, Josh, what are you looking forward to? Anything uh, on the horizon that you're excited about? Well, uh, kind of along the lines with my degree, I'm getting back into that again because I did take a semester off. So I'm starting here in a couple of weeks with that. Again, as I mentioned, I'm hoping to be done by the end of the summer of 2024, which would be great. And then uh, just kind of in general, I just look forward to continuing to, you know, grow and learn about being a dad, you know, try to be better at it. Uh yeah, man, that's kind of cool. Uh, other than that, I I don't know. I don't know of anything else on the horizon that like is, you know, huge and noteworthy or anything like that. What about you? I was just sitting here thinking, dude. Next time you go see uh, Michaela's family in Tennessee, um, we need to. Uh, I need to get you to swing by over here and have you preach for me on a Sunday. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. I'd love to have you over here. I'm going to be up there soon. So you are going to be, (laughs) yeah, we, there's a, my sister-in-law is getting married, uh, second week of October. Nice. That sounds perfect. (laughs) I got it on the, I got it on the calendar right now. (laughs) Okay. Um, no, but I am looking forward to, um, we have a big launch that we're planning. So we kind of, even though we started having services right away as Hope Church, it, we're kind of treating it like a soft launch. And then we're spending this this entire year renovating the building or designing ministries, trying to get ministries staffed and volunteers trained, um, that kind of thing, organizing. We're trying to build our core team as well. And so one of the big things I'm looking forward to is our launch. We're planning on doing it next year. We've had some conversation on whether or not we want to do it in January or whether or not we want to do it in uh, April. Uh, at, okay. We want to launch at Easter, basically, yeah, um, and do a hard launch. And that launch is going to be uh, it's going to be awesome. We're we're pumped about it. It's going to be a big event. You know, tent out in the front yard with gifts and snacks and drinks and uh, activities, and just make a big celebration of it. Put a big banner in the yard for a month beforehand. All that kind of stuff. And I've got some great partners here that are helping me. Um, you know, really advising to help me make it, you know, help us make it a success. And just, you know, people become blind to your church if they've seen it there for a really long time. So us being a, we know we're now Hope Church. We know what's, we know it's a new thing, but that doesn't mean the community does. And so kind of letting them know, Hey, like we're, we want to minister to you. We want to help you. We want you to hear the good news of the gospel. Um, We'd love for you to come be a part of what's going on. And so just trying to engage the community in that way. Um, we we're thinking about June, January, but then somebody tells me that in January, North Carolina, all that has to happen is it snows and everything closes. Yep. And and that often happens in January here. So they're, they're like, you know, you can do January if you want. Um, 
but maybe think about it. So we're thinking about maybe if we can get everything ready by January, then we can take the next couple months and just sort of work out kinks and practice and and work through, use the building the way we want to use it for a few months. And who knows, maybe we get to January and we're not quite ready anyway. So, yeah. Uh, so we're thinking maybe just make it April. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, but on that note, if you're out there listening and you're like, Hey, I've been looking for the next big thing. You should come to Greensboro. You know, you got a you got a burden on your heart to to help somebody plant a church. Man, I would love for you to come help us. The real estate's cheap. There's jobs everywhere. Um, man, we would love to. We'd love to have somebody come help us. But I say all that to say I couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> but I mean, not help myself. You didn't ask for my but, advice, so you don't have to take it. But the idea of starting on Easter sounds pretty. That sounds pretty legit. Yeah. We're really, as soon as that was brought up to me, I was like, ah, oh, that might be a really great idea. And it gives us a little more time so that we're not as crunched, you know, what I, I want to feel ready, you know, to do it. Um, you're welcoming, you're going to, you're going to be welcoming a ton of people into your building that weekend that that's never been there before. So just, just t- taking the time to be hundred percent ready for that is, is a big deal. So, yeah. Um, so that, and that gives us more time to build our core team. I really need to find a, a worship leader. That's one of my big priorities is uh, I'm leading worship here now and that's, I'm willing to do it, but it's a lot extra on me. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to not doing that in the future because it's not because I don't enjoy it. I absolutely, you know me well enough to know I love that, but um, it's just not what's got other priorities church. right now. Yeah. Pastoring the church is enough without <laughs> leading worship and, um, and I'm looking forward to whoever that's going to be to to kind of take that mantle and and run with it. It's a blank canvas, you know. Just needs it, we don't need some uh, some high, you know crazy veteran. We just need somebody who's got the talent, willing to serve, and has the heart for it. So mm-hmm. um, that's one of our big our big prayers that God would send us somebody to do that. And within the next six months, I mean, we're talking about launching small groups and um, you know just just a ton of projects. That's that's kind of it's kind of over our heads in the meanwhile of, of the regular life of, of pastoring a church and preaching every Sunday and, and all that stuff. So, um, I, there's a lot I'm looking forward to the next six to 12 months here is going to be pretty crazy. But, yeah. um, having said that, I'm actually, one of the things I'm really looking forward to is, um, is I've, I've kind of begun a, a really healthy trend over the last couple months of, of focusing and being very detail oriented and planning on my physical and my physical health and my time at home. Um, and I say yeah. at home, not just in the house, but shutting everything off and being present being at there. home. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to continue to develop that because, you know, I'm kind of in the early stages of it. I've gotten back somewhat consistent with working out and going to the gym and, and um, things like that. And, and this, the next six to 12 months is going to be a, like a, what do they call it? A test case for it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to push me and it's going to, you know, there's always going to be that temptation to, to not be healthy personally, to get what's what I want to get done on a productivity side. But, um, I really want to focus on that. You know, I've, one of the things that's sort of become clear to me in the last couple months is how much my kids need one-on-one time with me. Each of them need time just with me. And, uh, we went and had four kids and it's not easy with four kids to have one-on-one time with each one. But, sure but nonetheless, they need it. And so trying to make, take advantage of every opportunity, you know, if I'm just going to run up to the store or run up to the, whatever, it's like, take Get a kid with you, you yeah. know? um, little things like that. And so I'm, I'm kind of excited for, for a better rhythm around that. You know, I think school, I'm excited for the kids to go back to school. It's, 
it's just wild to see your kids age and Felicity's going to be, uh, Felicity's nine years old. Emma's going to be uh, eight here in a couple of months. And, you know, they love school and they're eating it up and they got these new friends and there's just all these challenges that go with that. And yeah, so there's me and I got a lot to look forward to. I'm excited. Have you read, uh, uh, John Mark Comer's book, the ruthless elimination of hurry. No, I haven't. Yeah. That, if, if that's something you're trying to add to your life is kind of like boundaries and stuff, especially when you're away from the office, that would be a good one to, to check out. It's a pretty simple read. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a note of it right now. Yeah, it's 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 pretty solid. I enjoyed it. It's something that I aspire to do and try and and have you know build into my life. I'm not very good at it though, so I'm kind of with you on that. It's something you have to work on. Well, the, our our culture is is obsessed with uh, either a productivity and b distraction all at the same time. But anything but solace, anything but slowing down, anything mm-hmm. but uh, but but a steady hand. And I believe it's intentional by the enemy in a lot of cases um, to keep us because, you know, quiet time is where we think deeply about things that matter yeah. the most. And um, and so well, and some just, of the ancients practiced in their spiritual discipline, solitude and silence. And we don't do yeah. that. So oh, the Puritans, the Puritans talk about solitude regularly that to them yeah. that was an un, can't miss spiritual discipline. So. Yeah, man. Yep. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening again to our rambling voices. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we were able to do it. Yeah, very um, low structure here on this episode. I hope it wasn't too boring for for everybody. And I hope, yeah, uh, you know, and and reach out to us. I'd love to hear what, what's going. Some of you guys we talk to sort of regularly uh, through social media, even without the podcast. But others of you would touch base with us periodically. Let us know what's going on in your life. You know, has. Has the uh, conversation around change, has does that resonated with you? That's definitely been a, a, a theme of the last eight months for both Josh and I, but um, what's going on in your life and, and how are things going? And, yeah. and uh, have you learned, what are some lessons you've learned? Shoot us, shoot us your notes. Yep. If we you made it this by. far, you're definitely a, a real fan of the Young Baptist <laughs> podcast because you just listened to the two hosts ramble about their lives this whole time. So <laughs> 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 thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Clay. Got anything else? Come join us in Greensboro at Hope Church. Come on. Well, there it is. (laughs) There it is. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Also, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you consume the content. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Young Baptist Pod. Check out our website, theyoungbaptistpodcast.com for more resource recommendations, our merch store, and to join our YBP community.